Oh, okay. Yeah. Keep, just talk like you talk. Hello, my name's Angel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you close the door? Hey guys, what's up? This is Angel, and you're listening to Above Average. hear this? I'm uh, drinking a matcha latte for dinner. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hi everybody. Welcome to the second episode of Above Average. If you made it here, this is your... Man, I appreciate you guys because I honestly don't know if people are like if I, this is all interesting at all to anybody but I love the process of this and I've always had a dream of starting a podcast and it's finally coming true for this episode it's gonna be just me so pretty intimate you're gonna be hearing me talk the whole time so if that's okay with you guys please come join me um I'm drinking a matcha latte so if you guys want to um sit back or if you're doing errands if you want to uh I don't know, allow me to accompany you in your drive or while you're cleaning your room. Who knows what it is? Today's episode is going to be discussing some fresh off the boat tales with me, Angel. (laughs) So I call this fresh off the boat tales because I'm going to be talking about four distinct memories that I have um, when I just moved to the United States that really made me feel kind of fobby, to be quite honest with you. But now that I think about it, it really wasn't that fobby. But I think when you move here as a kid in the United States, coming from somewhere extremely different, all you want to do is fit in, you know? All you want to do is belong. All you want to do is not have an accent and then ask, wow, your accent's so interesting. Where are you from? Now I take a lot of pride of being an immigrant, but I can honestly tell you guys, it was not like that growing up. I wanted to fit in so bad. And I think um, that's just a natural way of life, like as a child. I think that's all we want as a child, right? So yeah, it's going to be really interesting. A little background story though about us and why we came to America. So my parents are both teachers. Um... We live a very humble lifestyle in the Philippines. We're not, uh, I don't know, maybe a lot of people assume that, oh, you guys live in a third world country and you moved to the United States. That means you got that do- dollar money, you know? You got you got the American money. That means when you go back to the Philippines, you're spending that dollar money. And in a way, yes and no. Um, my, parents, my parents and their family, like our family, We live in a very humble uh, background. Uh, if, if, If I can describe it, let me say I don't have anyone like my uncle or any aunts and uncles that live here. I don't have any cousins here. My parents are the breadwinners of their family, so when we do go back to the Philippines, all my uh, all my relatives are there, and they also um, live a very humble lifestyle. They're like farmers, um, teachers, 
Some don't have work. Some rely on us to support them. Most of them actually rely on my parents to support them. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe people have different ways of living. I know a lot of um, Filipino Americans when they go back to the Philippines, um, they it's just different. So I don't want you guys to assume that like how I'm describing my life is diff- the same as other people. This is just like my experience. But yeah, we we had a pretty humble um, upbringing my family, in my family, my brother and I. And so when we moved to the United States, it was so different. If I can describe it, it's like it was like impossible because... If you think about it, my brother and I, we were raised in Mindanao, which is the third island of the Philippines. It's the the most southern island in a province. And even there, thinking about Manila, which is the capital of the Philippines, we think that 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 Manila is so unattainable. We were like, wow, like Manila's a big city. Wow, you need a plane to ride to to, uh, get to Manila. And, And then when my dad told us that like, hey, we're going to America, we were like, what? Is that further than Manila? I don't know. (laughs) So it was just, it was just a very weird time because being in a small province, I never really thought that America was even something or a place that really existed. I just knew that it was somewhere far, far away. And it was some place that I couldn't go because we weren't really rich. So when my pa- my dad told told the family that we were going to move here, it was definitely something that I didn't expect. Like, n- never did I dream of it because it was so unattainable for us um, coming from such a humble background. But anyway, that's really it. So my dad moved here a couple years earlier. He moved to the United States. Um, I'm gonna guess 2001, 2002. And then when he, you know, when he started to be more stable here and had enough experience and I had enough savings to bring us here, he, he did do that. And we came to the United States in July 5th, 2005. So a couple, a couple years without my dad actually growing up. But anyway, that's just a background, some background information of how it came to be, how we got here. It was really all all from my dad's perseverance and his ability to dream big. A lot of times, if you're from a small province, at first you would want to dream big, like, oh, I'm going to move to the capital, right? So for example, if we were from Mindanao, which is the South Island, I would expect him to be like, okay, then let's move to the North Island. Let's move to Manila. But he was like, nah, we're going to America. And I was just like, bro, chill. (laughs) I mean, I I guess. (laughs) But anyway, it's just, it just goes to show how big of a dreamer my dad is. And he's still like that. But anyway, uh, I'm going to kind of discuss some really fun, memorable um, fob stories that are from me. And when I say fob, I hope everyone like gets that there's no like negativity or hatred or I'm not trying to insult anybody. This is my story and I'm going to take ownership of that term. So if it hurts your feelings that I'm using that word or that phrase, then um, I'm not going to apologize really. Uh, No hard feelings, but I do know that 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 does have a lot of like degrading um 
And yeah, there's a background with that with that term that, you know, was used to degrade other people like me. So I do understand that. I kind of hesitated using fob as, as like a repetitive term in this episode because I was like, oh my gosh, people are going to be sensitive about it. But, you know, this podcast, I wanted to make this podcast so I can say whatever I want about myself. Um, obviously, I'll be more cautious if I spoke about other people, but this is about me, right? So I'm going to take ownership with my voice and if... If that's the word that came from outside my, like, came out of my mouth, then that's what it is. But I am very much, um, my ears are open. And if that really bothers you, um, I doubt it will. Like, my friends know me, so I don't think they'll be bothered. But if they're, if there's a stranger that ends up listening to this podcast and gets really insulted, then by all means, um, I don't know this me I, I don't I don't really know I'm very sensitive so um please be kind anyway I guess just to start from the beginning I remember landing in an airport <laughs> I don't know which one it is we landed on an airport and my dad picked us up and I remember he picked us up in a RAV4 a black RAV4 because that was his first car in in the United States and I remember seeing the car park and I was like damn this is our car we have a car because we never had a car in the Philippines we were I don't want to say poor we were poor to be honest with you so let's just say that so I was like dude we have a car and then I looked at my dad and my first impression was damn my dad got chubby and it was like he I haven't seen him in like four years and I saw him finally and he had like Ray-Bans on and he was a bit chubby with like a Ralph Lauren polo and some Levi's jeans with his black Ralph 4 he was like he came stunning like he was like what's up my first impression of America was definitely that the roads here are freaking huge. When I lived in the Philippines, we lived in front of a highway and our highway literally looks like a regular road. It was two two lanes per direction, but the highway in the United States is like six to seven lanes, um, not including the expressway, not including like a ramp and then tunnels. And for me, it was just like, whoa, this is so different. Like. I don't even see houses. All I see are like roads on top of each other. So I remember that was my first impression of the United States. But anyway, so fun fact, the the Philippine school system ends, ends school pretty differently. So I remember when I was in elementary school, we ended school in March and then we started school in July. So and then when I came here, it was July. And then I found out that I had more summer months to go because school doesn't start till September here. So if you think about it, when I was nine years old, I had six months of summer vacation because I ended school in the Philippines in March and I started school in America in September. So I had six months of nothing. That means that when I moved here, I didn't have any friends because I didn't have school yet. So I didn't have an opportunity to like find friends. So I did have a phase when I when we were in our apartment where I didn't know anybody, so I I didn't know who to play with. And it was such like a different pace from when I was in the Philippines because when I would be bored, I'll just like go out in our neighborhood in the Philippines and like hang out with everyone. But now it's like I don't have any friends and I don't even have school to make friends. So 
it was kind of like pretty boring to be honest my first summer in the United States but yeah I don't know that's like how I remember it it was a very boring summer and I all I could think about was like wow I can't wait till school starts to be honest with you it's like I can't wait I'm gonna practice my English I'm gonna be so friendly I promise like I'm gonna be so cool because yeah da 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 because honestly I was not shy when I was in the Philippines. I was so outgoing, so hyper. I even got in trouble a lot from talking. <laughs> I was like a troublemaker, a jokester when I was in elementary school in the Philippines. So I wanted to keep that energy. I wanted to keep my reputation, let's say. But honestly, I was not like that as soon as I entered um, William Ramsey Elementary School in Alexandria. I think it was the fact that I, there was just so like cultural barriers, social etiquette that was different. Um, I was a stranger, you know. I knew all of my classmates in the Philippines since we were in first grade. And then so entering fourth grade in the United States and knowing nobody, it was like, I, it really changed me. Like I said, I was super hyper, super, um, like such a comedian. Um, I was even like a dancer. I was actually, I danced and I, I was like the, I don't know, like the dance captain in the Philippines. I, I don't know if that's the right term, but we, I danced a lot when I was in elementary school. But as soon as I entered um, American school, public school, it was just like my, my, my whole vibe just changed my guys like I got super shy I didn't talk I was so timid but it was crazy though because I would recognize the the louder kids and I would recognize the more hyper kids I would recognize them and I would think wow that's supposed to be me like that's me but it kind of felt like get out when and get out like the person is stuck inside their own body just watching that's literally how I felt for the longest time I was just like why am I so quiet I have so many jokes to say I have so many like things I want to talk about and yet I can't be that so I kind of got grouped with the quieter kids which honestly I didn't mind but it was just so weird I felt like I wasn't myself I felt like I was pretending it, but also I wasn't I was just like I got so shy all of a sudden so yeah that's really it but I'm glad I'm becoming more like me now I kind of am getting that personality back a little bit starting in college but it took me a while to kind of rediscover it to be honest I was always I like was basically quiet from as soon as I moved to the United States all the way to high school I don't know if that happened to a lot of other people that immigrated to the US but yeah let me know if that happened to you if you had like a completely different personality when you moved here so anyway I kind of want to talk about one really sad moment that happened to me in high uh, not in high school in elementary school um with my parents um and this kind of goes with the topic of like wanting to fit in so my parents packed me like bomb bomb ass <laughs> I don't know why I can't just say ass. Bomb ass lunches that are Filipino lunches. But in elementary school, I just really wanted to fit in so bad that like I got so embarrassed because as soon as lunch came, everyone would be lining up and they'd be eating like pizza, quesadilla. Um, I don't know what other food 
now that you think about it, like American lunch lunches are kind of lame. But at that time, I was like, I kind of just want to eat that, not because I like them, but because everyone else is eating them. But I remember like I, one of the scare, scariest parts of the day in elementary school for me, and even in middle school, was the fact that like as soon as lunch came, I would have to sit alone in the lunch table while everyone else um, waits in line for lunch. And so I feel very lonely and I feel isolated and I feel like a loser <laughs> in a way. I was like eating all by myself because everyone else is like having fun talking and, and lining up for lunch. And then as soon as everyone um, everyone gets to the table, they're kind of, I'm already done eating-ish. And everyone's like eating. And then they're like, why are you not eating, Angel? And I'm like, I did. It's just that you guys took so long. Um, so I would purposely like not eat until they would come. Or I would purposely like eat slow slowly. I would purposely like go to the bathroom like five times for no reason. Just to waste time. Funny thing is like my parents always put money in my account just in case I would forget my lunch. But one day I actually didn't forget my lunch. And I was like, I'm, I've had it. I, I don't want to wait for my friends to, um, to get their lunch. And I, I don't want to sit all alone. So I purposely left my lunch box, um, in the classroom. And I was like, Hey guys, I'm going to go get lunch with you guys today. And everyone's like, okay, cool. Cause you know, they don't care. But to me, I was just like, yes, I finally can fit in. Funny thing is, my parents, they do this thing where they would, um, they would visit me, surprise visit me in lunch for, for God knows why, <laughs> but they would visit me sometimes, um, during lunch because our apartment complex was right across the street from my elementary school. So it was very easy for them if they had like a day off, but I remember one time I didn't, I purposely left my lunchbox in our classroom and then I came down and saw them and they were like, hey, and I was like, hey, what's up? And then they were like, what happened to your lunch? We came to visit you and we brought our lunch too. Um, let's eat together. And I was like, um, I left it in the classroom. And then they were like, why would you do that? And I was like, because I just want to eat pizza with my friends. And then they were like, oh, and it was like, uh, I don't even know. I haven't even talked talk to them about it because it was so long ago. But the fact that I still remember the emotion of like, wow, I let my parents down. It's still so fresh in my heart. It's just like the feeling, that, the disappointment when like you want to surprise your child and support your child. So you go out of your way and, and visit them during their lunchtime only to find out that your child is ashamed of the food that you packed. What the actual fudge, guys? That was me. And even now, there's this, like, my chest hurts just thinking about that. And actually, I I remember very much that, like, I was like, oh, okay, um, I'll be right back. So I told them I'll be right back. And then I ran so fast to my classroom to grab my lunchbox. And then as soon as I went down, they were gone. <sighs> Oh my god, I'm gonna freaking cry, dude. It's so freaking sad. Like, I felt like I disappointed them. I felt like, I, I think from then on, it kind of, like, hit me that, like, I cared so much about fitting in that, like, I didn't even 
think about how much my parents work hard to just feed me, you know, Filipino food. And not gonna lie, American food kind of sucks during lunch, but I sucked it up just if air quotes fit in. And I don't know, I'll never forget that time. It was, even now I feel so guilty about it. Anyway, so yeah, that that's like one of the stories that I, that kind of remember when I first moved here. Trying to like leave my lunchbox in the classroom so I can eat with all my friends. And by all my friends, just like two. Because, you know, I was shy, so I didn't make a lot of friends. Anyway, so yeah, um, in a lighter note, because <laughs> that was kind of, whew, it's kind of hard for me to talk about right there. Um, I still think about it once in a while and I'm like, dang, I'm a freaking sucky, sucky kid. But also give, I'm going to give myself some slack because as a kid, I think it's just natural for us to want to belong really. So it was really like, it was just a child, childish thing to do. And that's not necessarily bad. You know, you're a child, like do whatever you got to do, my guy, you know, or I guess in my, my case, myself. (laughs) Wow. That was a joke. Anyway. (laughs) So the third is um, something that is actually really popular now, but back then I was so embarrassed by it. And it's that my dad actually would dumpster dive for furniture. And I know that that sounds really like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe some people think that's gross, but dude, people dumpster dive now. Like Facebook Marketplace is dumpster diving, but online. So let's just, you know perspective so anyway so a lot of times in our apartment complex um a lot of people would just like dump furniture like outside their house for me coming from a third world country my standards for broken is so different from the standards of americans and they say like oh something's broken like for example if a cabinet has like a little chip sometimes people would be like oh yeah let's just throw this so for us, our stand- standards are a bit different, right? So if something's broken, but it's like still functional, I don't think y'all should like throw it away. You know what I mean? So I remember in our earlier years, obviously we don't do it now, but I guess it was our, a way of us saving money at the time. But my parents would always, um, once a week or like every other month, we would just like look through the dumpster and it was something fun for us to be honest with you. <laughs> So, like, please don't be sorry because we were having a blast, okay? So, we would just be like, oh, my gosh, did you see that table, that side table? Oh, my gosh, it's so nice. Okay, let's take that. And then there would be sometimes when, like, there'd be toys. Like, I remember there was, like, a kitchenette, like, a tiny kitchen for kids. And, obviously, I I loved it. I was like, yo, someone just left this kitchenette. It's going to be mine. It's mine. So, I took it. So, it was, like. We took that. Um, sometimes when my dad would be driving around other apartment places, he would actually be call us and say like, hey, I found something good today. And we'd be so excited. And then he would call us to tell us to help him um, pick it up from his RAV4. And then he would like disinfect it and clean it. Or if there's some damages, he would help repair it. But anyway, a lot of our furniture, if not all, Not including, I don't think it included our couch, but a lot of our furniture were from thrift stores or we like got it from the side of the street, from the dumpster. It's so common now where you would just like find something and and like 
fix it and then resell it for like double or triple the price. So that's very normal now. But back then it was something that was so enjoyable to us, but also made me realize like, wow, we just really wanted to save money. <laughs> so yeah, it's like, I love it. It was, it was such a fun time. It, and also it goes to show like how different I, we see material things um because obviously we came from a third world country where we couldn't even we didn't have headboards like what is a headboard we slept on a floor okay no we didn't but you know sometimes people do sleep on the floor or they sleep in mats and and here we would just see like couches um being just thrown or like dining tables and computer desks and we would be like yo dude, it's still fine. We can keep it. We can fix it. So yeah, I remember a time when we would do that. And that's, I guess, like one, one thing that I really truly remember during the earlier phases of my life here. And it was such a fun time, honestly, and it really helped us bond as a family. And I'm glad that we had that. Oh, I love it. I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh my God, it was so beautiful. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so... Oh, I love it. Oh my gosh, I'm still like thinking about it. I'm like reminiscing. So yeah, if you guys, if let me know if that happened to you because I feel like a lot of a lot of people might also d do that back then, but I don't really know. I only know my life, but yeah, I remember. Such a fun time. Anyway, all right. So I have another story about something that I mentioned during my teaser episode which is like a very funny squirrel story that's how I labeled it and I, I don't know if people even care if people remember that but I kind of want to tell um tell the whole thing to close this episode of this uh very um <laughs> I don't know I think it's more of an emotional roller coaster for me um telling all these stories just because all of these memories really impacted how I see my life. I feel like my upbringing and how vastly is so different really helps me see perspective when things are going bad in the world. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I, I still kind of, I'm kind of sad still, you know, <laughs> there's still a lot of things wrong. But um, I'm kind of glad that in that in some aspects, I'm stronger than I think I am because of how I was raised. So yeah, this one is kind of like super emotional for me talking about <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not actually crying, but <laughs> my throat is kind of like sore. I don't know why. Anyway, so I'm going to end it with this fun squirrel story because this story is so funny. Um, so, okay. So my family lived in an apartment building that had a balcony and my mom would always would love opening up the balcony and just like having air come in and out right that's normal um one day my brother was showering my mom was in the kitchen and I was in in one of the bedrooms and then suddenly my mom screamed and she was just like oh my gosh there's a squirrel there's a squirrel inside there's a squirrel inside our, our apartment and I was just like what and then I don't know if I was even scared of squirrels but the fact that my mom was so scared of a squirrel being inside our apartment, scared me. So she grabbed me and she's like, we're going to go to the bathroom. We're going to hide in the bathroom. But the thing is, my brother was showering in the bathroom. We were in the bathroom hiding and it was like humid as 
F because my brother was, you know, showering. And then my brother came out. Like, imagine, like, a seven-year-old. He came out of the shower. He took the towel. He wrapped it around like a dainty, you know, dainty little fit. And he was like, what's going on? Why are you guys here? And my mom was like, be quiet. There's a squirrel. There's a squirrel outside. And then my brother was like, like, outside, outside. And my mom was like, no, inside our apartment. And so my mom told my brother... (laughs) While he didn't have any clothes on, he just had, like, a towel wrapped around him. He told my brother, okay. No, actually, I don't think he told my brother. He just told us, like, one of us. She was like, okay, this is what you're going to do. You're going to go and run to the living room. You're going to unlock our door. You're going to grab the phone, and you're going to run back here. So what what my mom was trying to do is, like, make sure the door is open and then make sure that we have the phone so that we can call our uncle, like, one of our family friends. Shout out to Tito Vestra. So shout out to Shara and Janzi, if you guys know them. So, like, Tito Vestra is Shara and Janzi's dad, but they also lived in the same apartment complex at the time. So my mom was like okay, what we're going to do is we're going to we're gonna call Tito Vestre. Tito is uncle in Tagalog, by the way, in the Philippine language. Or one of the Philippine languages. So my mom was like, okay, we're going to call Tito Vestre. And then he's going to come here and he's going to shoo the squirrel away. And so my brother, and I don't know why I didn't do it. I probably was, well, I was just scared too. So my brother was like, okay, I'll do it. So with his like, with his naked self with a towel around him, he basically just like ran through and like unlocked the chain from the apartment, unlocked the door, ran and grabbed the phone, saw the squirrel, screamed, and went back to the bathroom. And then my mom called my uncle, and my uncle had to go all the way from his apartment to our apartment just so that he can shoo the freaking squirrel away. And I don't remember what it was but I do remember seeing the squirrel though because my uncle knocked in the bathroom and he's like yo I'm here (laughs) and I remember seeing the squirrel and the squirrel was eating our lace chips because I don't know why but the lace in in the dining room was just like open and I remember seeing the squirrel like literally eat this chip and just so innocent but for some reason at that time it was so scary to me and yeah so yeah so my uncle shooed the squirrel and I don't know it's just really funny because if ever that happened to a regular person like to me now I would probably just be like oh weird there's a squirrel in the house shoo squirrel you know but my mom thought it was like we were under attack and the fact that like my brother was naked the whole time was so funny and the fact that he was the one who had to like go outside of the bathroom to do all of that stuff was just oh it was so funny anyway yeah that was really it sorry if like I overhyped it sorry if it's not funny to you guys but I don't know that's just so that's like doesn't that just describe like wow y'all ain't from here right it's just kind of like have you guys seen squirrels before they're they're not that bad but yeah I don't know so I went to I went to UVA right and the thing is like if you've been to UVA or you went to school um school there the squirrels there hit different okay so the squirrels there are like humans when you when you see a squirrel they like they they like do their thing they see you coming they look at you look at you up and down like they're judging you literally like they're judging your outfit or or like they're judging you like you're not smart enough to be here (laughs) 
they they literally lived there as if they run the place. And every time I would see a squirrel at UVA, I would just like, it would just bring me back to the first ever time that I was so scared of them, which was the time when one of them broke into my house. And I would be like, okay, you can judge me, but at least you're not that one squirrel from the apartment that one time. <laughs> so yeah, that's really it. I have a bunch of other stories, honestly, but... I think that was like, those are the few that really hit me and really impacted me. And obviously, I'm not going to like force a memory if it's not going to come. But when I was outlining, um, I was outlining the stories that I would be sharing for this episode. Those those ones were the one that like really popped. It was like, it came naturally to me. It's like, I remember every detail of it, to be honest. And yeah, it was so nice. Oh my gosh. And honestly, I wouldn't change a thing. It like everything shaped all the things that happened to me during that time really made me to who I am. And like, I love, I love how I turned out to be honest with you guys. Like, I'm not trying to brag, but I I love how I, I just, oh, I don't know. I have no words. I don't know. Can't speak English right now. Oof. Anyway, a huge shout out too, because my, my dad was a teacher and he met a bunch of teacher friends here that were also Filipino and they made their own like Filipino group and then all of them brought their families from the Philippines to America at the same time and all of them moved to the same apartment complex which we called Brookdale the Brookdale apartment complex yeah you can google it we're not lying to you Brookdale in Alexandria Virginia so we had like six different Filipino families with newly immigrated kids um and all the families had like two to three kids. So in 2005 and 2006, I didn't really feel like I didn't belong all the time. Because I would feel kind of alienated in when I went to school. But when I was home, I had a community of Filipino friends that also were experiencing the same difficulties and, and challenges and discoveries as me who are also the same age as me so I we kind of treat ourselves as like our own family because we grew up and we face the same like struggles and our humor is the same just because like um trauma does that <laughs> I feel like if you if you experience the same challenges your humor will will become more similar and so yeah everyone there we call ourselves like the Brookdale family <laughs> it's really cheesy but it's true and it, it consists of my family um my best friend's family um my other bestest family friends like Alex and Austin Chavez and Shara and Janzi and the the Altahars and I don't know you guys don't know these people but literally I told you I didn't have any family, like, blood, bloodline. I don't have any, like, direct family members here, biological family members here. But those people really were my family here. Like, and it was weird because we all didn't come at the same time. We all kind of came, we came, like, at different months. Like, um, one family came in 2003, and then another family came in 2005, which was me. And then, like, Claudette's family came here in 2006. So it was just, like, a bunch of kids that would teach other kids how to fit in. It was just like, oh, yeah, so this is how you work the microwave. And then it was just, like, a bunch of people just helping us out. And so every time 
someone new would come we would just teach them the ways and it was just such a healthy and accepting environment for someone who came from such an unfamiliar place oh I love it it was like uh, I was so blessed to be honest I'm gonna freaking cry again I'm gonna cry <laughs> I'm gonna cry <laughs> no I'm just kidding but uh it was so touching so yeah uh, I'm so happy we're all so grown up now everyone like graduated or the last the last bit of kids are going to college and it's so different from how how we were back then to now so uh, i'm gonna it's such an emotional ride for me this episode who knew who knew anyway thank you guys so much for listening to episode two with me fresh off the boat tales with angel i hope you guys enjoyed this episode i know that i'm having a lot of difficulty trying to really um, make my messages more concise. Maybe no one really notices, but I kind of notice. But yeah, let me know if you guys have some recommendations and suggestions on how it can be better. But anyway, a little teaser for next episode, which is going to be about social media. I'll be discussing just like the impacts of social media and also like my journey through social media we're technically millennials but we're so close to being gen z that it's such a weird time you know because we went through like the myspace the friendsters the the facebook the instagram like we went through all of that we went through um the zwinkies <laughs> we went through oh my gosh there's so many the club penguin uh yeah so i want to talk about all of that i want to talk about the impact of social media now the unhealthy um the unhealthy relationship you can have with social media also um yeah so i feel like that's gonna be interesting more relevant to more people i feel like the today's episode was a bit more of a personal storytelling episode so yeah thank you guys for listening to the second episode of above average if you haven't followed my instagram please do it is above average underscore the pod subscribe there and i'll be able to kind of let you guys know when an episode comes and it's just like easier access and things like that and yeah so have a great day you guys stay healthy um forgive yourself if your days are not as productive as other days I know I'm pretty hard on myself during when I when that happens to me but yeah be kind to yourself and let's hope that fall vibes come soon because I hate sweating so yeah have a great day you matter bye (laughs)